0: Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Angie Kalin, with Fierce Healthcare. We're here today to discuss the importance of elevating your cybersecurity expertise. And joining us is Brian Arnold. He's the Huntress in-house attorney and a cybersecurity expert in the healthcare field. Throughout this episode, we'll delve into aspects of healthcare cybersecurity to give insights to help you protect patient data and ensure compliance within the healthcare industry. Brian, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the U.S. Health and Human Services, how they recently published a strategy for cybersecurity within the healthcare industry. And this strategy may present some challenges for small and medium-sized organizations. Can you just talk a little bit about what they published and the key points of the strategy, how it might affect these different organizations within healthcare?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to set the context for why they published this. There used to be honor among thieves. The healthcare industry was at one time, it was the untouchable. And cyber actors, threat actors, they just wouldn't go after the healthcare industry. But times have changed. Healthcare is now is probably one of the top prime targets for cyber threats, putting patient data and patient safety at risk. So the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS for short, in December published their concept paper on their cybersecurity strategy for the healthcare industry. This is based off of um, their national cybersecurity strategy that was released by President Biden's team mid last year. This paper highlights the ongoing steps and planned steps to improve cyber resiliency within the healthcare industry. Essentially, the paper detailed four pillars of action, they called it four steps to improve the cyber preparedness and cyber resiliency. The first pillar was introduce new healthcare-specific cybersecurity performance goals, or CPGs. They're abbreviated a lot, and I'll probably use that acronym. The second pillar was working with Congress to improve support and incentives for U.S.-based healthcare providers in implementing cybersecurity. The third pillar was to increase coordination between the HHS and the rest of the federal government and the healthcare sector by appointing one of their departments as a one-stop shop for cybersecurity healthcare issues. And the fourth pillar was increasing accountability. And this is the the part that I think, as healthcare lawyers, in-house lawyers, myself at a healthcare organization would be concerned about, is they're looking to increase accountability at healthcare organizations for compliance with basic cybersecurity standards. And so they will work with Congress to implement some guidelines and wrap them into Medicare, Medicaid, and the HIPAA regulations to ensure that there's compliance with some set of standards, TBD, but they will be framed around those cybersecurity performance goals. That was the first pillar. In January, there was actually a follow-on publication by the HHS that actually detailed those cybersecurity performance goals. So very recently, a couple of weeks ago. The aim of those is to again strengthen cyber preparation, resiliency, safeguard patient data. These CPGs are modeled off of the NIST security standards, which is the National Institute of Standards and Technology. These are the gold standards every industry uses to make sure they're cyber ready. So they modeled these. CPGs after a framework that people were already familiar with. And they're they're designed to ensure a layered protection at different stages of an attack chain to make sure that healthcare organizations are prepared. They set out a bunch of goals, two different types. One they called essential goals. There's 10 of these, and these are basically the floor criteria they expect healthcare organizations to meet. The other ones are their enhanced goals. And these will be goals and standards that they expect healthcare organizations as they mature to start to meet. So we've got two publications recently by the HHS on where they expect the cybersecurity framework to go for healthcare providers.
0: That's great. So In terms of meeting compliance and growing with these requirements based by the HHS, there are different types of threats that healthcare organizations are generally faced with. Can you touch on what these challenges are in meeting the data security requirements?
1: Yeah. Healthcare is a prime target for cyber attacks. It puts patient data and safety at risk, and most healthcare organizations, big and small, are struggling to do more with less when it comes to security for a few reasons, really. The threats are getting nastier. The attack surfaces are growing and budgets are shrinking because they're prime targets. They're prime targets because they handle the mother load of data. It's mainly all PII or personally identifiable information. H.I., protected health information, about patient safety. And that's the gold standard for data that has value on the black market, dark web. There's leverage with that type of data. So they're really a prime target. And there's a lot of attack surfaces now that are coming around because of the kind of explosion of remote work. Everybody is moving all around. They're using different devices. Cloud services are becoming ubiquitous, so there's all sorts of different attack points you can attach into. And frankly, a lot of healthcare organizations are using outdated systems and struggling to keep up with the technology. And probably equally as important as those two is the budgets are just shrinking. They're trying to do more with limited resources, not having the right tools to be able to optimize cybersecurity resources effectively. This is all happening in the healthcare industry that has already these stringent requirements. There's HIPAA. Everybody has under has heard the word HIPAA before, but this is the regulation, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, that all healthcare organizations have to adhere to. The consequences of failing to abide by HIPAA has a lot of ramifications. It's not just financial losses to patients if they don't. There's hefty fines. There's legal fees, reputational damage, and just two years ago, 2022 alone. 55 of the fines issued by OCR were to small health practices. They're not skating under the radar because they're small. They're actually being held to the same standard. And this elevated layer of accountability, it places an additional layer of complexity on healthcare cybersecurity efforts that some industries don't have, combined with there's now a rise in attacks. In the last few months alone, there's been an increase in email-based healthcare, or attacks on healthcare systems. Hundred sixty-seven percent increase. The HHS, in their own data, they've noted that in the last four years, there was a 93% increase in large breaches and a 278% increase in ransomware attacks in the healthcare space, in breaches that involve ransomware. So the effects of these attacks, these threats, it's more than just money, though. It is harm to patient care and safety. There's been incidents where there's canceled medical treatments there was a recent example of a ransomware attack that shut down critical services that required a number of hospitals in multiple states to divert ambulances to other hospitals which increased the time to get care and overloaded certain health systems there's stolen medical records are another problem there's the erosion of public trust just in general in the healthcare industry instilling fear and confusion in patients. What's scarier is the loss of patient data. There's now examples of extortion using that patient data. There was a recent case in Finland where a hacker got into the system of a psychotherapy center and tried to extort both the center and the patients that they had the data that he stole the data from. It's so serious that the FBI and the DOJ are now treating patient and public safety risks as threat to life crises when they're investigating and prosecuting. And so how does it all start? How do you profit off of healthcare? There's a few common tactics used by threat actors. Everybody's probably heard the term phishing. That's one of the main ways that threat actors can cause damage. And phishing is essentially just sending an email or a text message, which is called smishing. Same thing. A message asking you to give information, log into a fake website. Essentially, they're trying to lure people into doing, taking an action, pretending to be somebody trustworthy. Examples are, and we've probably all seen it in our email now, if you have a Gmail, you probably get hundreds of emails a week saying that your bank account is overdrawn or there's a problem with something in your checking account. And they try to redirect you to a fake login page to steal your credentials. In a healthcare setting in a healthcare medical practice, those emails could ask, could say there's a problem with your network password. Click on this link and try to steal your network password to get into your business's network. Another threat is social engineering. Social engineering is a type of attack where the attacker uses human interaction, pretending to be somebody else, either in person or on the phone, uh, trying to cause damage, either get information, get your network credentials, putting something on one of your computers. Everybody is, there's a common phrase called, if you carry a clipboard, you can get into anywhere. A common issue that has arisen in healthcare and other industries is people try to get in and get past the front desk. You've all been in a busy medical practice. They're crazy. There's not always good security. Computers are wide open. People will try to walk in there and put something on one of the computers, either through a USB drive, just plug it in, or find an open terminal and go to a website. So the workforce has to be very diligent in f- physical security issues to prevent cyber attacks, which is something not a lot of people think about. But when I was in healthcare, it's something I thought about a lot going around to different facilities and seeing just how open. Some of the areas were a propped door here and there. You put on scrubs and wear a clipboard. You can get into anywhere. So there needs to be like recognition that that is an attack vector for these types of things. Another frightening development along these lines is there's a recent example. I don't know if you heard about it, but recently in Hong Kong, there was a finance worker who was duped on a conference call thinking it was the CFO and their colleagues telling them to wire a lot of money, millions of dollars. And it turned out it was deepfake AI, and the appropriate checks could have probably caught it, but that goes back to training. But now we have AI to worry about. How are you supposed to tell when something is fake? So there's a lot of new technology that's just going to increase problems. And the last threat, the last common thing, and I think everybody has heard about too, is ransomware. Right? That's one of the biggest problems. Ransomware is malware, malicious software that can get on your network through various area attack points, such as. Phishing emails. You click on something you shouldn't. Somebody gets on your network physically, and it can stay on your network for weeks to months or years and proliferate out to all the computers, jumping networks. And then when the threat actor wants to do something, they can just encrypt all the hard drives and demand money. And that's a very much a growing threat. It is the the biggest uh, threat act that you have in the healthcare industry right now. Over half of the attacks a ransomware attacks. And so why is that so prevalent now? Ransomware doesn't require you to be a savant to use. You can go buy it. There's ransomware as a service. You can go on the dark web, pay a fee, download ransomware. Anyone can configure it and try to figure out how to use it. And so it's becoming easy. Budgets are constrained. So many different ways to get in. It's just a recipe for disaster in the healthcare industry.
0: So as you said, you clearly stated all these threats that are facing the healthcare industry as a whole, but also especially these small to medium organizations that have a lot of demands on their time. So can you tell us some ways that they can implement better data security without impacting operations?
1: Yeah, there are steps that small to medium-sized organizations can take, like healthcare organizations, to without breaking the bank to mitigate these risks. It starts with building a strong team of defenders. A company can stay proactive with the right people, the right processes, the right technology. The recent publication in January by HHS of the CPGs actually lays out a good roadmap for how some of these organizations can comply. There are, If you recall, there were 10 essential goals of the CPG that they outlined. All 10 of those are critical. And they're able to be implemented with an in-house team and with, with partners and frankly are just good cybersecurity hygiene. Um, The first of those is to mitigate known vulnerabilities, such as patch your systems, have endpoint protection on your devices, implement multi-factor authentication. Most people know what that is. You can't log into a bank now without getting the code that's texted to you. Provide cybersecurity training for your employees, set up email security, use strong encryption in the transmission of data, implement good security practices on your user accounts, making sure you're not having stale accounts after people leave, making sure that your users have the right level of permissions, making sure that everybody has their own account. Just some good basic fundamentals is is something that can be done by healthcare organizations and should be. Doing some basic incident planning and response preparations just to ensure you know how to respond to an event. If you have it, and you can get the practice back up and running. You should have the basics down and Because of the use of technology, you should risk assess all of your vendors. You need to make sure that they're compliant, that they meet minimum standards, that they've got a SOC 2 report, or they're another way they can check all the boxes for the basics that you would require as a healthcare organization. bottom line, there's a lot to do, right? For some healthcare providers, a lot of small businesses, some of them probably have a lot of this, but you build your strong team, then you can get it done without breaking the bank or or disrupting, most importantly, without disrupting healthcare
0: operations. In this strong team of defenders that you were speaking of, what type of personnel specifically need to be part of the team to make it most effective?
1: I asked to start at the top down. Your owners, your board, your C-suite, your executives, they have to to understand the need for this in order to uh, make it effective within your organization. Then you have to have an IT staff, whether it's your own or you have a managed service provider that provides those skills. You have to have an IT staff that takes care of your network and your computers. Your security team, though, is really everybody, too. (laughs) It's your front desk people. It's your nurses, your doctors, your physicians, assistants, any researchers. Everybody should understand HIPAA. Everybody should understand basic data security. Everybody should understand what a phishing and social engineering is, how to spot it, how not to fall for it, the current tricks that are being rolled out because they're changing, like deep fake AI, understand basic physical security practices um, and understand what ransomware is. So everybody can understand that stuff and they should be trained on it. But finally, and equally as important is you need to have strong cybersecurity professionals on your team. There's a dearth of those in the industry. There's very, there's not enough to go around. So that's why companies like Huntress exist to fill those gaps on your IT team because they can provide the expertise on the security front to help protect the entire health organization.
0: Okay, can you discuss some of the cybersecurity products available and just describe how these can help these small and medium-sized organizations specifically within the healthcare industry? Can you speak to EDR, MDR for Microsoft 365, and also SAT?
1: Yeah, yeah. These are general type products that are in the industry. Huntress has them. We're not the only ones, but in general, they're a core set of products that any industry or any organization should have. Healthcare, finance, doesn't matter. Um, Endpoint detection and response, EDR, that's really a system that provides protection on the end devices. So your computers that are used around your organization. There will be software installed that will look for and detect any abnormal behavior and send that into security professionals at like Contras, at a, at a SOC, a security operations center that will evaluate that and determine is it malicious or not. MDR for Microsoft 365 is a managed detection and response product that monitors Microsoft 365. Most people are probably familiar with that, what that is, too. It's a suite of productivity software. It's an ecosystem under Microsoft where you get Outlook, you get your Microsoft Office, you get SharePoint, but it's also an attack vector for stealing identities too. So this service is something that monitors for abnormal behavior, such as suspicious logins. Somebody's logging in twice opposite sides of the world or in some area nobody from their organization has ever logged in before. Odd email forwarding issues going on, somebody's privileges are getting changed. It monitors your email system to make sure that there's no, no problems there. And then we'll, a security team will evaluate everything anomalous that goes on and work with the organization to make sure everything is okay. SAT is security awareness training. It's uh, just what it sounds like. It's training on security principles and fundamentals for all the relevant stuff you would need for good, cybersecurity it's a critical core piece of the suite of products to help defend any organization. You can't defend something unless you know what you need to look for.
0: And as the in-house attorney at Huntress, can you talk to us about some of the products that Huntress offers and how they can help these healthcare organizations?
1: Yeah, so the whole suite of Huntress products is actually it's built for the SMB market, the small to medium-sized business such as healthcare providers, healthcare practices. It's built for resource challenge teams. You get affordability and simplicity without compromising on quality. Importantly, it also aligns with these CPGs that I talked about. There's a number of the CPGs that map right onto the Huntress products. So Huntress offers its managed security platform. It's comprised of three products. Because it's a managed security platform, it uh, removes that day-to-day burden of the security steps from your own team helps eliminate false positives. It reduces your time to respond to events and you have access to Huntress's specialists to help you fix any errors. So the first product is Managed EDR, Endpoint Detection and Response. It's, it's a service where we protect the endpoints by detecting and preventing threats at the source. It was built by Huntress and it's managed by Huntress. So you get our expertise. It's fully managed. Expertise is included, but not required. If you have experts that can do a big chunk of it, feel free to use them. But we provide experts that can assist. It's headache-free. Less than 1% false positives, I think, on the last thing I, I saw, and like a 99-point-something, point eight percent customer satisfaction. So people like it. And most importantly, though, it brings our security operations center, our team, to your organization. So you don't need that component of it if you're an SMB. And this service, it'll monitor for persistent footholds on your devices. It checks for open ports. It it can manage your antivirus if you want. It uses behavioral analysis to check to see, to, to watch behavior that might be using different tools. So we try to learn, hackers learn. So we learn and we try to try to keep up and follow along in order to head them off. Um, One of the tools we use is ransomware canaries, these little files that they put on computers that are monitored. And if they're ever changed for any reason, you get a very quick alert to our threat team and they respond. So they can let you know something is going on right away. The second product is the MDR for Microsoft 365 helps secure uh, the identities within the Microsoft 365 universe and help stop account takeover. Our experts will detect, investigate, and then help you respond to any events that happen. This is human-led, 24-7 monitoring and investigation by our Huntress experts. It's custom-made for Microsoft 365 because Microsoft 365 is used by many, if not most, small and medium-sized businesses, it was an attractive point for threat actors to try to hit. And Huntress has developed a product to try to head them off. It can detect account takeover, email forwarding, um, privilege escalation, like I talked about before. And the last product that we offer is our security awareness training product. This also helps comply with the CPG. There was the cybersecurity training CPG. With the MDR for Microsoft 365, that aligns to the email checking CPG. And the MDR for the managed EDR service helps comply with one of the other CPGs issued by HHS. So they all align to the framework that HHS just put out. And our last product, that security awareness training is actually pretty critical. It empowers users, everybody in your organization to be part of the solution and not the problem to cybersecurity. It's short story-driven lessons and phishing simulations designed to help your team practice recognizing phishing emails because that's a super common attack vector. So it's designed and managed by experts that focus on just training issues and how to best do it. Most importantly, like the admins love it because your organization's management of it is super easy. It, we can assist you with managing it. There's a lot of... Training out of the box, easy to set up, use, and it works. Edmonds love it because it actually works. Learners love it because the storylines are fun, they're efficient, and most importantly, they're memorable. If your learners don't remember your lessons, they're not effective. A PowerPoint that just clicks through a few things that anybody can bypass is not effective. So our stories, our training are engaging, and they're digestible, and they're memorable. And most important, I think hackers hate it because it works. You get the benefit of years of expertise in how to try to train people to fully recognize cyber threats. Bottom line, the goal of Huntress is to help small and medium-sized businesses protect themselves from cyber threats.
0: Brian, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your solutions with us today and giving real products and options for small and medium-sized healthcare businesses. And I am your host, Angie Kalin with Fierce Healthcare, and we will see you next time.
1: Thank you.